Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 87 Aurelia, God of Assassins. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests the Dungeons & Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Mike Bradford's table in the Levitating Platter. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of Sidekicks and Sidequests, the best unofficial Dungeons and Dragons podcast in my humbly biased opinion. I would like to go ahead and give a shout out to our first sponsor, Plus One EXP. Tony Vicenda is the mastermind behind his mastercraft of beard balms, game design, and community building. He's got a beard balm named after all the basic stats from D&D, so get a can Apply it to your face and smell the sweet aroma and the sweet victory that comes along with increased strength, dexterity, charisma, and more. Beards and Beyond is the indie RPG that helped to launch this brand, but Tony's collaborated and developed several other projects, including Repugnant, Eye Toaster, Down We Go, Through the Void, Vamp Nebula, and Brand Standing. If you support Plus One EXP either by going to their website and buying something or going to the itch page, tonyplus1.itch.io, it all helps funnel into the Plus One Forward program, which seeks to support additional indie tabletop content creators to continue making awesome stuff. I'd highly encourage you to follow Tony and Plus One on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, in order to keep up with all the various projects that are being worked on, as well as upcoming interviews, one-shots, and actual plays of some of these amazing games. If you don't mind, please go to Plus1EXP, use my affiliate code Randolph when you're buying a Beard Balm or a Beard RPG in order to get some savings on your purchase at no extra cost to you. Again, that code is Randolph at checkout on the website, Plus1EXP.com. Well, after that exciting ad read, I've got a wonderful guest joining me today. So would you care to introduce yourself? Tell us who it is that you are and what is it that you do? Absolutely. Um... Well, one, thank you for having me on here. And also want to say congratulations at the turn of July for 6,000 downloads. That's always exciting. Thank you. Um, but yeah. as for who I am, uh, I'm Mike Bradford. I'm actually one of the players and guest GMs on the Average Adventuring Party podcast. We do a fantasy setting, not D&D. It's actually set 13th age, but I play the Minotaur monk, Iacus. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, I enjoy coming on to shows like yourself and promoting our brand and just basically having a fun time sharing the passion that we all have in the role playing community. Awesome to hear. Yeah, I've uh, had an opportunity to tune in to your podcast. So yeah, it seems like you got a good bunch, you know, getting into all sorts of hijinks and uh, all kinds of mischief and stuff. Oh, 
mischief is uh, kind of where we idle at, whether we intend to or not. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, this next question is a, a fairly easy one, but do you currently or have you ever played Dungeons & Dragons before? So Dungeons & Dragons itself, I'm not currently playing. But, uh, you know, I started playing role-playing games 20 years ago, back whenever I was a teenager. And I started with Dungeons and Dragons, like so many other fans out here. It was back in the three, five days, you know, where clerics were absolutely busted and everything else was uh, very, very crunchy. Um, <laughs> but I've played everything from fourth edition, fifth edition. You know, I've done Spelljammer, uh, the old school. I've done everything except basically advanced Dungeons and Dragons as far as D&D goes. And I've played a whole slew of other types of systems from Shadowrun, 13th Age, to Mutants and Masterminds, Prowlers and Paragons, and all kinds of stuff. I'm an avid, avid gamer. Wonderful. Then I feel like we're going to learn an interesting answer in this question. Who is your favorite NPC or sidekick character, whether they're from one of these RPGs or maybe a video game, a piece of literature, film or television, etc.? And why is this character your favorite? That is... Uh... A very hard question and uh, takes a lot of thought because not only am I an avid gamer and I'm an avid reader and I've met so many characters and I say that because these characters come alive whether it's a video game whether it's a book whether it's a tabletop role-playing game so the one that really speaks to me it comes from the Mass Effect series Morden Solis the Solarian mm. scientist you know I have ADHD. I've always been one of those guys that has been just unintentionally smart. And so whenever, and I know that sounds big headed and I'm sorry, uh, but it's one of those things. Whenever I met Morden Solis and I played through the Mass Effect series, you hated the guy. You know, he was just very aloof and very hard to relate with. But as you follow his story arc, and, and no spoilers in case you haven't played Mass Effect in all these years, but um, you really get to see behind the curtain and, and what became a stream of conscious really developed a conscious and uh, you really see the character grow in amazing ways. And that that spoke to me from whenever I was a teenager on up because I went from being that, you know, really smart guy who didn't get people and who didn't make connections to growing as we do, but growing and, and really making people the difference and making those connections and, and seeing that growth. So Morden echoed what I felt as I, as I grew. And kind of to go along with it, you know, with the theme staying on brand with our podcast, what's been one of your favorite side quests from an RPG, a video game, television, movie, etc. And uh, why has it been one of your favorite side quests? All right. I'm going to go a deep cut here way back I guess 2005, there was a game called Jade Empire. It was uh, right around the time Fable came out. Around that time in video games, they were very big on introducing. It was just the birth of the moral concepts and games. And Jade Empire was a uh, kind of a Chinese martial arts game. And it really kind of was one of the first games to pioneer this dichotomy. and as far as the side quests go, there was one called The Plays the Thing. And in this side quest, it, it really 
sums up what side quests are to me. You get to play an actor in this Chinese drama, and you get to choose whether you're going to do fantastically, and, and you're going to perform all the lines with nearly Shakespearean expertise, or you can improv, as most of us gamers do, <laughs> and just confuse the rest of the players in this Chinese drama. And so the reason I love that is one of my favorite side quests is a side quest is just that. It grows it. It builds your connection. It lets you live within it. And it's not going to have a major impact overall that you see right off the bat on the story. So if you do this play well, sure, there might be some rewards. Or if you fell it miserably, there might be some consequences. But overall, in the moment, you get to enjoy that side quest. So for me, that's my favorite side quest. And we'll close out the personal interview section here with the heavy question of what are you passionate about and why? So one, um, mental, mental illness. Growing up, D&D &D was uh, an outlet. Um, it was something that let me escape into a world that was nothing like the one that I lived. And I didn't know whenever I was that age that I suffered from mental illness. And through a lot of heartache and growth, I, I, I learned what depression was. I learned what you know, ADHD was because in those days, it wasn't something people talked about. And so my passion for D&D &D has grown not just from mental illness, but it has grown into giving, teaching, imparting. Um, what I'm truly passionate about is using this medium that we have to help shine a light into people's darkness. We can't change the world, but maybe we can make an impact on a player, on a listener, one person at a time. So in my life, I went from that player to, I was a mentor uh, growing up. Um, I did the PALS in high school. Um, I did one-on-one -on -one mentorship with uh, at-risk youth. I was a chaplain for my fraternity. I went into management as a career because whatever I'm doing, I can make a difference one life at a time. So I'm passionate about teaching. I'm passionate about shining that light for others. Wonderful. That's awesome. Listeners, I think you and I both have all learned quite a bit about our guests, and I think it's time now that we take that all into a segment that I like to call NPC Creation. NPC Creation is brought to you by you, the podcast audience, and our patrons from Patreon. That's right now is the time where we give a shout out to our comfortable patrons and above, and we give you all a loud hoorah. So to you, Goblin Katie, a.k.a. Katie Downey, as well as two of our new wealthy level Patreon supporters, my mom and dad. So to you all, we say cheers. This is for patrons who donate $2 or more a month. So that means he's able to add an element of chance to our random tables in NPC creation, which we might get to use here today. So if you want to join the cheapest podcast Patreon community, be sure to check out the show notes below, go to the podcast website, or just go directly to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and sidequests to find out more about our three tiers, one, two, four dollars a month, and help us to expand our operations at the levitating platter in this demiplane and worlds beyond. All right, riveting stuff in that ad read. Uh, so now is the part of the show where we get to make up a character. 
Um, whether it's something you've already thought up or you want to roll the dice, what path are you wanting to take today? So for me as a GM and as a player, I'd love to improvise. I'd like to test my chops and see what we get. Okay, wonderful. All right. So uh, if you've got your dice handy, whether they're virtual or physical, we can go ahead and begin the process with figuring out what's going to be the name of our character by rolling a d20. All right, d20. We have 19. 19. Okay. Your answer was submitted by previous guest, Michaeli Love, Aurelia. So A-U-R-E-L-I-A, Aurelia. Aurelia. All right, next question. What is the ancestry of our character? Uh, this has been updated since the last time. You know, I put it all together, went through all my books, and so there's definitely some juicy stuff in here. So roll a D100 or two D10s, and then let's figure out what is the ancestry of Aurelia. All right, looks like we have a 55. <laughs> 55, can't go. 55. Oh, okay. God or goddess? So this is the first time like we've actually generated like a specific deity. So Aurelia is a deity of some sort. Okay. Uh, the next thing we get to figure out what is their job or role in society, which maybe I imagine more of like maybe what are they a god or goddess of? Maybe perhaps. Let's roll a D10 and figure out what that is. We've got a two. Two. Okay. Your answer was provided by previous guest Will Murray a.k.a. co-creator of Squirrel Girl, Assassin. So Aurelia apparently is the god or goddess of assassins and any other qualities that might flow from that. And then the last thing that we're going to get to roll for is the age range category. Maybe maybe to kind of help us figure out like whether this god or goddess is particularly old or not. So um, go ahead and roll a d8. All right. We're looking at one. Child. Okay, so this is like a brand new god. Aurelia, the god or goddess of assassins and anything else that applies to it. So now that you know all this information, what's the physical description if there is one for this character? I, I'm going to go uh, mainly because I play guys. I'm going to say it's a gentleman, probably a teenager that has just murdered the last god of assassins because that seems like a fitting way to gain Become, godhood. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like a Kratos sort of situation. It's like, oh yeah, I just have to fight my way through all these gods or whatever. Maybe. I would assume it wouldn't be so much Kratos and more along the lines of Loki's version of Kratos. Um, okay. How could you uh, subtly and deceptively become the god of assassins? Because you, you don't want to go full Kratos. I mean, you don't want to out and out murder everybody in broad daylight. That'd be a terrible assassin. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, so going the stealth approach, being very careful, studying up, and then when the god wasn't suspecting it, well, suddenly you killed the previous god, and now you've been imbued with all their powers, and so now you find yourself the new god of assassins, as it were. Uh, so basically the Santa Claus. <laughs> the Santa Claus. There's a little, there's a little <laughs> scroll that comes out of the pocket that's like, you are now, congratulations, you've now acquired all these, okay, yeah. <laughs> And if you had to describe Aurelia with three adjectives, what three adjectives would you use? We're going to go with truthful, nearly to a fault. We're going to go with open, and mm. we're going to go with, uh, let's say, humorous. 
Interesting. Okay. And I jumped over it and it was my fault, but was there any other thing else in the realm of uh, the physical descriptions? Because we're learning all these things about Aurelia as a character, but I'm wondering what was Aurelia's life before he became a god, I suppose? Like what would he have been? Like if you want to go back and roll on the table, we can we can figure no, no, that I, out or I can work with this. Um, so I see Aurelia as being the most average averages ever averaged. Depending on his race, before he became a god, we're going to say human. Um, okay. I would assume he's probably about 5'5", five, five, you know, brown hair, just average looks for the area that he comes from. And I would see that he was not actually a practicing assassin. I, I think he accidentally became the god of assassins. So he might have killed a random bandit that was attacking somebody in his mind. And that was the last god of assassins. Basically, the way I see it, the last god of assassins was just done with it. He didn't want to be the god of assassins anymore mm. and cross paths with Aurelia. And, oh no, uh, I'm dead. And uh, so here we now have this new god of assassins who is the antithesis of everything that an assassin should be. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, because you were describing the adjectives of being like, you know, full of humor, child range, or maybe even like a, you know, previously was a teenager before he's uh, now stepped into this new role. So yeah, I wonder what that uh, relationship is uh, like now, considering that he's got clerics and paladins and warlocks and whoever else petitioning him for like power. And he's just kind of like, what what do I do with all this now? Like, how do they relate to him now? Exactly, exactly. So that that makes a lot of interesting interactions to be sure. So is there kind of like a whole like a crisis of faith, as it were, between the worshippers and Aurelia, you think? Or is that something maybe to leave up? The way I see it is uh, he's very much as he's a young god, he's still dealing with this. So he's getting requests for, oh, dear Aurelia or oh, dear god of assassins, please bless my blade so that I can kill this guy. And he's like, I don't want him dead. Uh, what this guy? Do? Um, and so, yes, very much a crisis of faith, but uh, they're going from this dark, mysterious God to now they're getting somebody replying nearly as if you got a text message saying, I don't know about this. And so it's going to be some confused clerics, some confused paladins around the world. And I think the death rate is probably going to drop for a little while while <laughs> he gets familiarized with what's going to be required of and of course, every NPC needs to have something interesting on their person. So what's a viable item, a piece of lore, a secret, or an ideal or concept that the character would ascribe to? So this is a combination where we do a D4 for the category and then a D6 for the actual thing. All right. D4? Looks like we're looking at a four. Okay. So that would be ideal or concept. And then we would roll for the D6. Got a one on the D6. Okay. Well, your answer was suggested by previous guest Beth May of the Dungeons & Daddies podcast. An apple a day keeps the doctor away. So how does that factor into Aurelia's thinking now being the god of assassins? Nearly literal um, in the fact that he tried to help people throughout his life. So he tried to promote livelihood, not death, dismemberment, assassination, all of that. 
-hmm. And so he's trying to carry over his mortal ideals of thou shalt not kill into being the god of assassins. So he's trying to find ways to turn the assassins from killing to more non-lethal versions. So he's trying to preserve life as the god of assassins. We, we need to bring the lethality down of this. Let's let's go to like subduing our opponents or targets and like just tranquilizing them or something like that. Yes, and he's going to be blessing those actions. So the assassination attempts that are non-lethal are going to be miraculously blessed, whether he intends to or not, while mm. all of these other actual assassination attempts are going to be foiled by nearly comedic effect. And then the final thing that we have the ability to roll for is what's going to be a particular quest that Aurelia would need help from player characters to go and do. You know, you can roll for it randomly with the last dice, which would be a d12. Or if you're already inspired, you can kind of, uh, you know, figure out what would be an appropriate side quest. Let's go ahead and roll. And it looks like I got a 12 on that one. Going big or going home. Okay, 12. All right. Well, your answer was submitted by Fenway Jones. Find the missing pet Komodo dragon and or Drake. So does uh, Aurelia have like a particular animal or pet that he was fond of in life and it's gone missing? I'm going to go with Chinchilla just because uh, as a shout out to my wife, she is a big fan of Chinchillas. So he has a missing Chinchilla that whenever he became the god of assassins, jumped out of his pocket and is now roaming about. So we have a semi-divine Chinchilla on the loose that we're we're trying to now find and locate. Okay, I was going to say, I wonder if this chinchilla is going to go up in a celebrity status, like a certain uh, <laughs> miniature giant space hamster from a popular yeah. brand. Yeah, yeah, we've, we've never heard uh, anything like that. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. Okay, so his pet chinchilla, that because of the moment of what happened when he took out the original god of assassins, The chinchilla was blessed with semi-divine powers, I suppose, and now it's running loose, whether that means it's mayhem or not, or is just simply missing. But the players undertake this mission from the new god of assassins. What's going to be the reward for successfully finding this chinchilla and bringing it back to the god? Well, seeing as how I always loved Monty Python, and this is the god of assassins, I see this nearly being the the were chinchilla you know it, it not a were chinchilla i should say but that oh like the killer rabbit, rabbit that's yeah, waiting like outside the ca- the cave oh um so i think it'd have to be a truly godly reward so i i think divine blessing it'd have to be nearly a magical weapon but it'd have to be a non-lethal magical weapon so maybe a magical blackjack or an enchanted sap something along those lines so the god of assassins would reward the players with a magical, uh, non-lethal item or weapon. I would say maybe because he's a young god, it's not quite an artifact or it's not quite like this epic legendary thing, but it's just kind of like, oh, here you go. And, you know, maybe if we keep a relationship going, you know, that might be, uh, you know, that might be something more. But now we have to consider the opposite. What if the players encounter this situation and they decide, no, we're not going to take this side quest? Or, you know, like you were describing, like the killer bunny scenario, what if the players go too far and they accidentally or purposefully decide to kill this chinchilla rather than subdue it and retrieve it alive? Well, if the if the players don't even undertake this quest, there will be stories coming of a, a dire chinchilla 
running across a land, causing all kinds of havoc, mayhem, nearly a story that is too crazy to believe until they see the after effects. And oh, my Lord. It's almost um, like the chinchilla really took on all the uh, elements of what it truly meant to be the god of assassins. So it's almost like the yeah. chinchilla in its mind is like, <laughs> no, I am the embodiment of assassination. I like it. I like it. And uh, if they manage to kill the chinchilla, they'll actually push Aurelia from the kind-hearted, non-lethal god of assassins to a vengeful, a just absolutely dark god of assassins so oh, the, and the party you don't touch the pet i mean you never kill the pet if john wick taught us anything it mm -hmm. was you don't kill the pet exactly yeah you'll have everyone not only the celestials and the gods but you'll just have like everyone mad at you for doing what you did because mm -hmm. it's not only literally this god himself but it's like every servitor at his beck and call and if he has creative powers, he could just manifest new angels or, you know, new extra planar allies that can just be like, I want you to harass this party until they're all dead. Yes. Well, it seems like we've learned quite a bit about this new god of assassins that I think it's time we explore this further in a segment that I like to call the Random Encounter. <laughs> This random encounter is brought to you by Reaper Miniatures. They have been Texas titans of the tabletop industry since 1994. They're here in DFW, and they've got an amazing warehouse and game store. They make everything from paints to gaming accessories, and they stream on Twitch and YouTube with tutorials and interviews. Whatever system you're running, whatever game you're playing, Reaper has a miniature for you. Every time you shop and spend money with them, at least $40, $50 on your purchase, they're going to give you a cool new mini of the month, and it's always something new, so all the more reason to shop often. I've gotten several gift cards from them over the months that we have had a sponsorship. And every time I get one, I'm ever so thankful uh, that I can spend my money with a local business and really get some cool minis in the process. I know that on Kickstarter, the Reaper Miniatures Bone 6 Tales from the Green Griffin has already wrapped up on that. So be sure to you know, get plugged into that. Check out the backer kit if you still want to get involved and get some cool exclusive minis. There is a special relief effort miniature that you can get, a Kenku Bard Nightingale character. It costs $9.99 and of that $7.50 is allocated towards UNICEF relief efforts for Ukraine. And uh, if you're listening to this episode by now, Beth May's episode has already premiered past ReaperCon. So we hope those of you who were able to go had a great time at ReaperCon. We can't wait until next year. So if you visit my website or check the show notes below, you can use my referral link uh, in order to go shopping on the Reaper Miniatures website and support Psychics and SideQuests at the same time. By clicking that link, you're helping to direct traffic towards Reaper Miniatures. And the more that we direct their way, the more that our Texas powers combine. So again, go check out that link and be sure to follow Reaper Miniatures on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. All right, good stuff in that ad read. So this is the part of the show where we get to do a little bit of a role play, a little vignette. We get to play some D&D, &D, you know, get to do some RP here. And uh, obviously it sounds like you've got a pretty good handle on Aurelia and this uh, soon-to-be-named Chinchilla. But the question becomes, who should I be in the scene? I've got a number of podcast adventurer characters that I could become to get the assignment of the side quest. Is it going to be the confrontation, the origin story 
of this new god of assassins? Or is it the new god of assassins trying to explain to the other gods what his deal is? Like, you know, how he's going to change and shake things up in the, in the celestial courts or whatnot. Uh, whatever you're interested in. I think it would be interesting to play the the crisis of conscience, whether it's a cleric or a paladin. Oh, or, oh yeah, we could do that too. Faith, um, having to deal with uh, the lack of his faith. Also, side note, I guess I should have mentioned it earlier. The evil chinchilla will be Jables. Jables. Jables the chinchilla. Okay, okay. So the scene that we're going to do is uh, like a high-ranking cleric, maybe, of, uh, of this uh, deity who's in the middle of doing something uh, and is invoking, you know, this, the God, but then maybe all of a sudden Aurelia shows up and is like, Hey, new management. <laughs> okay. Yes, indeed. We're in the bowels of a major capital city. Uh, it's, it, you know, it's rank, it's dank, it's awful. Um, but winding through catacombs and twisting sewer passages, there is the secret temple of the assassins this is the high place of worship for those who serve the god of assassins and this high cleric is kind of like their bishop or pope or something like that and so he is presiding over a ritual and uh this mission came in from someone and they were wanting to make sure that this angelic figure was killed properly and so uh, this high cleric is overseeing a ritual to bless this weapon uh, with the power from the god of assassins in order to imbue it with the magic and strength necessary in order to kill this celestial figure. And so this cleric raises their hands up and is invoking the god and is waiting for what would normally he would expect to be um, the moment where the weapon like lifts up and it like imbues like with necromantic energies or whatnot before it like rests back down and so he's holding his hand out and he's like looking at a book and going through the the invocations and stuff like that and he and he's waiting and everyone else who's gathered and you know trying to help out and and give homage and stuff like that is everyone's silent and they begin to look at each other with eyes and they're they're confused and they're they're trying to understand what's happening and it seems like this high cleric you know starts pronouncing the words again but nothing's happening and, and where would Aurelia show up at this point? Um, at that point, Aurelia would show up near the altar, uh, look down at the sword, and, and he'd say, uh, Bartholomew, right? You're, you're calling me, right? Who, who, who are you? What are you doing in this place? How did you get here? And you can see a number of people in the uh, congregation have stood up, and they've all, like, everyone's, like, you know, drawing their weapons and stuff like that, trying to, like, you know, they're like, ah, this guy suddenly appeared. What's going on? So, like, everyone's on hair trigger alert. Of course. Hey, hey, guys. Easy, easy. Uh, you know, I, I'm new to this, um, but you call. You said you bless this thing. Um, I'm not really sure why there's a celestial angel over there. He looks mighty bad. Um, but you called, so yes, I am. and there is like, like with the like heavy duty magical arcane chains and locks there's this angel in place uh you know held bound they're waiting for this weapon to get blessed so they can finish the job and get the payment and and whatnot and then so this Bartholomew guy is like looking around and being like 
he he rolls a religion check and he rolls high because obviously he's like equivalent you know bishop or whatever and he's just like you are the you are the god of this of you you are our god i i am a god and uh seems there was a vacancy for god of assassins um not entirely certain what the glass guy was all about uh but i mean since you're my top cleric i'm i guess i should run down the game plan we're not killing that guy um i'm (laughs) sorry about he's like dumbfounded he's just like struck like he's struck dumb he's struck with awe he's struck with just sheer incredulity of the situation like here's my god i've been serving this god i've only like heard whispers of him i've heard like you know tales of him and i've been loyal and all this stuff and finally it's like oh my god showed up that's awesome and now it's like now it's like the rug's been pulled out from under him so he's just like oh my god <laughs> um we're not but but my lord you you are the, you are the god of assassins and we're not well, killing yeah, well, I mean, the killing, not not so much, but you can kill hopes, you can kill dreams, you know, you you can kill political ambitions, not going to kill that guy, um, but, you know, I can bless it so that you can make his day real bad. Um, you, you can you can keep him chained up here for uh, at least another five minutes uh, is about how long that looks, and then he's going to have a bad time. Um, well- what what is going to happen to him it's well uh, give give me just a second maybe i can talk him into not just horrendously murdering all of y'all because that's really against what we're all about right now um so give me just a moment he just he just collapses on the floor in like a sitting position like behind the altar there is like some consecrated uh alcohol or something he just grabs the bottle and just starts drinking it like you can clearly see right now that this guy is having like a serious uh, crisis moment of faith and so everyone else is like hushed and whispered and talking and like they they obviously don't want to approach you but yeah i guess you're free to go over and and talk to the the bound angel yeah hey um what i'm sorry about this whole situation i'm new here um what was your name again it speaks to you in celestial which of course you're able to understand and it tells you uh what its name is and it recognizes your authority and power level as a god and so it does bow its head at least in respect towards you well why thank you um i'm gonna i'm gonna call you jimmy for now it's a whole lot easier to pronounce and and these guys can uh at least understand what i'm saying um so i think we have a big misunderstanding here jimmy um, they wanted to kill you. Uh, I know, I know they're, they're mine. Uh, my, my apologies, but we've got new management and we're going to do this a little bit differently. So I'm going to, I'm going to bless this to knock you over the head. You can, you can go back home afterwards, but at least seem like you've passed out. So they, they're not completely wasting their time here. You, you good with that, Jimmy? Yeah, and actually, you two have been conversing in Celestial the whole time, so like no one else understands what you were telling this angel, but the angel will kind of look quizzically and then just kind of will nod and just, I guess, go along with it, yeah. All right. Um, by the way, once you go back up, tell Paylar to come on by because I've always wanted to meet him. Um, I, I'm a big fan, you know. Um, so 
we'll be right back with you. Uh, hey, Bart, Bart, over here. Uh, the sword's not going to work, but I've got this magical blackjack right here. Uh, you know, if you say the words, you smack him over the head, he, he will go back to the celestial plane and the worship, the, the sacrifice will be accepted. So I greatly appreciate it. Here you go, Bart. He'll take it, and he just, again, he's just silent, and he just is confused, but nevertheless, he'll just look up at everyone, because everyone's looking up at him what to do, and he'll just, yes, my lord. And so he'll walk over, and the angel's not moving, and so he'll say the final blessing, I guess, as it is to, like, invoke the thing. And he bonks him on the head, and then the angel collapses like he's supposed to, uh, and then just kind of does the golden dust off and disappears from the, the chains. And then uh, the head cleric will turn and will motion to you with the weapon uh, outstretched, and he'll say, Praise be the god of assassins. His My name. will be done. He's kind of trailing at as as if he's asking you uh, to if you wish to divulge what your name is, unless you're not going to do that. Oh yes, yes. I'm sorry, new here. I, uh, my apologies. I, I'm Aurelia, uh, new god of assassins. And he just looks out at the congregation and, and motions to them, saying, "Praise be Aurelia, the god of assassins." And everyone else just kind of mumbles it along as well. And then, is there any final thing that Aurelie would do before he would depart? Yes, he would bestow the quest. Find Jables. I need my companion. Blessings, great blessings to the first who brings him back. Okay, so then the assassins will all take a moment to think, and they'll be like, yes, lord. And, and I guess they'll all very confusedly begin the process of hunting down Jables, the maniac chinchilla. At that point, uh, as we uh, end the scene, you find uh, Aurelia seeing the altar. Bart's kind of in a uh, just truly confused state. And you see uh, Aurelia just sprawl across the altar. You know how you know, teenagers will find the most uncomfortable position and just find that way to make it uh, look bonus and uncomfortably comfortable. And he takes residence in this tent. And scene. All right. Well, there we go. We made it through the random encounter section of the show. So what did you think of getting to be uh, Aurelia and uh, introducing this uh, new way of going about things? You know, it... It was not what I would have foreseen. Oddly enough, I guess my deific site hasn't hit that far. But, uh, you know, it, it's really how I've done a lot of things in life is approach things with a good attitude. And it's confusing for a lot of people, especially when they're not expecting somebody who appreciates so much in life. So I think it was a lot of fun playing an assassin god who appreciated life, not who could take it the fastest <laughs> right yeah and i think this would be 
very cool to drop into any campaign, especially maybe, I don't know, maybe higher level campaigns, or maybe this is something you introduce at the beginning of a campaign. It's something that slowly builds up over time, but it certainly would be very fun to drop this into a campaign as like, oh, there's a major shakeup uh, with the gods above. It's because one of the gods was killed and replaced by this, like, you know, this goofy person that's like mm-hmm. now like, you know, it's not like a Vecna situation or anything like that. It's just like, oh, hey, I'm the new guy. Yeah. Let's well, get him. <laughs> can you imagine, which is, you know, exactly what we're doing here. If Bartholomew was so confused, can you imagine your party, especially if you're looking at level three to five, um, have this big buildup up to this time when everybody, you know, the big bad is the god of the assassins. And you know, there it's building up to this crescendo, and they're expecting this dark, evil god that is so overpowering. And instead, they get Aurelia. Hey, guys, how you doing? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's a great payoff to see on your players' face, mm-hmm. uh, on on your players' faces. Like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> this is the guy that we were told all the boogeyman stories about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we are here in final thoughts of the show, so certainly if you have any other uh, you know, things to share about your experiences here today on our humble podcast, um, and then of course, you know, all the, the platform and the stage and the microphone space you need to plug anything that you're involved with, where can we follow you, find you, and uh, you know, any causes or anything like that. So I had a blast here today. You're very structured, um, especially with all the randomness. Uh, so I love the input. Um, I love the way that you bring in your previous guest suggestions and keep them living in your podcast, even after their time has gone. Um, so I think that is absolutely awesome. I will take a moment to plug the Average Adventuring Party podcast. You can find it on all platforms. Um, we're about to start recording um, season three. Uh, we're doing a little mini campaign as our party got split, which is the, always the big rule. Don't split mm. the party. We split it four different ways. And now Ooh. we're doing many campaigns with each of those uh, characters. Iacus the Minotaur Monk is taking the lead. It is very exciting. I am so looking forward to it. So yeah, join us there. And uh, for the final thing, I very much have given my life to helping others, to speaking out towards others. I myself and have been in very dark places. I always like to take a shout out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. If you need help, no matter how big or small, you can, I always say, you can reach out to me, whether I know you or not. You can reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. If you're in a dark place, if you can't turn to religion if you can't turn to friends or family it doesn't matter there's always somebody there day or night anytime that is willing to help you through your darkest times it is only through my family the grace of god and the national suicide prevention helpline somebody on the other line being there talking to me in my darkest times that i'm here sitting here today so i always take a moment and say don't hesitate if you need help reach out we're here for you. I can't think of a better way to end the podcast. So thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to be on my humble show. And uh, can't wait to have you and Gary back on and maybe get some of your other cast members, uh, former roommates of mine, uh, to be on the show, perhaps. 
absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can, uh, you know, apply a little pressure, see what we could do to make that happen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and Side Quests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Overcast, or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, sidekicksandsidequests.com, for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the show and the guests who have been on it. To stay up to date and interact via social media, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit by searching for Side KQ Podcast. I would love to talk D&D and showcase your fan art, stories of how you used our NPCs, discussions, and commentary. If you would like to hail the bod, simply send an email to sidekicksandsidequests at gmail.com. To help this show be the resource it's meant to be, I ask that you please leave a review on iTunes to help spread the word and share our podcast with your friends and family. Whether you're a veteran player or an aspiring dungeon master, or you've never played Dungeons and Dragons before, there's something here for everyone, and I want to hear about it. And finally, after two years, I've decided to open a Patreon for Sidekicks and Sidequests. If you love this podcast and you want to help us grow and expand our operations, I would appreciate it if you would go on over to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and sidequests. No matter your lifestyle expenses, we have wonderful rewards at every level of Patreon membership tier. Your name on the wall of the levitating platter, a loud hurrah on the podcast, or the possibility to introduce an element of chance to NPC creation. Sidekicks and Psychoists is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property Wizards of the Coast, copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four. Oh! Psychics and psychoists.